Welcome to Faith in Flagler, Episode 2. I'm Brian McMillan, publisher of The Observer and your host of Faith in Flagler. So today in the studio, I have Greg Peters, lead pastor and founder of Parkview Church on Beltair Parkway in Palm Coast. How are you, Greg? Brian, I am doing awesome. It is always good to see you. Appreciate uh, what you're doing, and uh, congrats, man, on uh, seven weeks at the helm there at uh, Palm Coast Observer. So. It's been a wild ride so far. I'm learning that uh, there's a lot of power or a lot of empowerment in owning a business, and mm-hmm. it also costs a lot of money. So <laughs> I, I never knew that. The latter may be feel, felt more than the former. Sometimes. Occasionally, yeah. some depends on the time of uh, of the week. Um, also in the studio, Trey Warren, young adults pastor and outreach pastor for Parkview. How you doing, man? Good thanks to have me. Good to meet you. I don't think I've ever met you in person. Yeah, well, uh, it's nice to meet you, and thanks for having us. Appreciate Absolutely, it. yeah. So, like, you're new to the uh, uh, ownership of the Observer. Trey is new to our staff. Very good. How long have you been with Parkview? I'm also new to the city and okay. the county. Um, I'm from Duval County. Uh-huh. Um, is that how you pronounce that? Duval. Du- I thought it was like with a longer U. It can be. Um, <laughs> and that, that's typically reserved for uh, TD Bank Stadium. Um, but uh, no, Matt, we love it here. We moved here about five months ago. Who's just, we? Uh, me, my wife, and then I have two boys. Uh, Very cool. And uh, we've just been loving it, man. Well, welcome it. to thank Palm you. Coast. Thank you. Thank that's you. exciting. It's a great place to be. I moved here in 2010, and I had three kids, five, three, and just just barely... And um, it's it's been a great great place to raise a family. So I'm yeah. happy I'm happy for you. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. And uh, of course, Greg's been here, you know, mm-hmm. forever since yeah. the dinosaurs ruled the ruled <laughs> Palm Coast. Yeah, back when uh, when uh, Noah just uh, kind of you know got <laughs> things started. <right? laughs> um, so Parkview was founded when? Uh, well, interestingly enough, Brian, this coming weekend, the last weekend of October, will be our 27th anniversary. 27 years. Yeah. Wow. So, That's pretty cool. Is yeah. that why you guys do the trunk or treat, to celebrate the uh, <laughs> the anniversary? I, I guess um, people might think that, but uh, <laughs> what a blessing. To, we'll probably have... Uh, well, I think Trey, you probably know a little bit more. How, yeah. how, yeah, how I was many wondering pieces? If... How many pieces of candy are we planning on giving away? <sighs> right around three hundred and fifty thousand pieces. Wait, three hundred and fifty thousand? Correct. Pieces yeah. of wow. candy. Yeah. Um, That's so amazing. We are every parent's nightmare, <laughs> and we are every dentist's dream. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh... and every child will be on the side of the dentist that day. <laughs> yes. Yeah. How many? Uh, how many grocery carts do you have wheeling around the candy to resupply, restock everyone's trunks? So we need about twenty volunteers uh-huh. every time we do it to make sure that we're getting adequate candy to the the trunks. Adequate candy. Yes. You know, <laughs> but so. it, it is such that thing, Brian, has become something we never dreamed it would be. A true, and, mo- a true monster, but a, but a beautiful monster. Oh, it's it, it is one of the most enjoyable fun things that we do for families yeah. in Flagler County and to see that many I mean you're talking obviously you know what 2500 3000 we're expecting a little over 3000 this year yeah wow yeah. that's yeah. very cool um before i get too far into it so faith in flagler it's a new show um trying to build faith in the community because that makes the community stronger and so the show is for interviewing faith leaders of all types in the community and um, not focusing anything on like doctrinal differences, what makes us different, but how we can kind of live happier lives and hopefully connect to the higher power. You know, um, I'm a believer. I know you guys are too. And so mm-hmm. hopefully, um, hopefully people aren't listening to this and skipping church 
but you know whatever whatever makes you makes you happy. We're list, we're doing this on Friday morning. So do you guys, uh, if if Parkview people are are Parkview members are listening to this, are they actually skipping church at nine a.m. on Sunday, or when's your service in case well, somebody wants to go? Yeah, they have <laughs> options. They could listen to you Sunday morning at nine a.m. and still make church at eleven a.m. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And, or Saturday at four and six, we also have services. There you go. No mm-hmm. conflict at all. No. no. Between, okay. Wonderful. No, they're good. To, they're good to listen to this in its entirety and then show up for <laughs> church and all of it, all of their glory. <laughs> Sounds good. It's also on a podcast on the Flagler Radio mobile app, um, and you can listen to last, last week's show as well. So thank you to Douglas Property and Development, Big John's Appliances, and Stevenson Wilcox and Associates for supporting the show as well. Um, so. I wanted to talk about a uh, few things. I, I was relationships, family relationships have been on my mind a lot um, lately, and partly because I think that sometimes it's kind of tricky when there is a difference in level of interest in spirituality, you know, in your in relationships. Um, and and so one one example would be like you know to parents who might be listening. Um, what what do you feel like what's what's advice you would have to like appropriately like encourage or teach a child um knowing that they're very young and i think maybe some parents have a little anxiety about like you know do i i don't want to force this this is belief like this is kind of a personal thing i don't really want to force someone and somebody might accuse me of brainwashing a child if i you know do do too much or or something but i don't want to not talk to them about what i believe so what, what would you say, um, Greg, about a parent who might be struggling with something like that? Brian, this is very pertinent and very relevant because every family, every family has to decide on what the spiritual temperature of their home is going to be. And I would say two things. First of all, I would say, like parents have said to me, well, my, my kids don't really want to go to church. And I'm like, okay, fair enough do your kids always want to go to school? And they're like, no. Okay, well, why do you make them go anyway? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, well, why? Well, because we know what's best for them. I always tell them because it's the law. Like I start I start <laughs> yeah. threatening jail. Yeah. You know, it doesn't work that way with church as much. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but I think that from obviously I'm going to be biased and I'm going to say that a child's spiritual development is as important as their educational development. Um, And I would put that right there. And I would just say that your children, 7, 12, 15, they still have not had their brain develop enough to where they're actually smarter than the parent. And the parent still has that responsibility to parent. And so, like, lead your children and lead them strongly. And rearing a child is so different today than it was 30 years ago. Cause 30 years ago, there were a couple voices, a coach, a grandparent, a school teacher. Nowadays, your child or children have thousands of voices and oftentimes in okay. nanosecond time. Yeah. Because of their, their phones and yeah. everything. So you've got to be the one that's leading. So I, first of all, um, I think that you have to, choose to lead your child in every area, not just spiritually, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, educationally. You take the lead. That's the role that you've been given, number one. And then number two, while I see the 
you know, the mom's doing an incredible job nurturing the in the home. The spiritual temperature is largely determined by the dad. And there are studies out there that Barna Research has done that when the when the mother takes the kids to church versus when the father takes the kids to church or takes the family, there's just a different outcome. And so I would just encourage any man that's listening to man up and be the spiritual leader of your family. Wherever that is, you just take the lead. Don't pawn that off on your wife. And by the way, I think any, well, I mean, women just, wives, moms, they just love it when when their husbands are engaged and they're connected and they're involved. And so in this way, I'm not saying you just, you know, drive it and you don't ask your wife for input. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like be active and be involved yeah. and, and lead that. And shout out to the dads who are doing that. Mm. You know, you think about the impact that it has on a kid to know that your dad, like that church matters to them or that they would lead a family prayer, for example, or, right. you know, th- that kind of thing. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so let's move on from the kids and talk about the teenagers. Hmm. A little different sometimes how you would handle the the teenager. Mm-hmm. I think that most people, you know, I grew up in the same church, you know, the same denomination for my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people are the same, but a lot of people don't stick with the church. You know, they, they, they have to choose. So at what point, you know, if your teenager is kind of pushing back, what, what do you say? What do you say to them? Trey, you're the yeah. an adults guy, so yeah. you're the expert, right? Obviously, yeah. Um, an expert. How old are your kids? Uh, I have a two-year-old and a one-year-old. Perfect. So, so you can drag them wherever you want. At exactly. This point. Exactly. Um, but, but the, the I, reason Trey's the expert is he's not all that far removed from being a teenager yeah. himself. Yeah. I was a student pastor in Jacksonville for a couple of years prior Very cool. to um, student pastor. Where like does that mean you were you were ministering to students? Yes, or, sir. Sixth okay. or twelfth grade. Sixth to twelfth grade. Wow. Yes, so okay. So you are the expert. Mm-hmm. I was just Far joking. No, no, no. You Far are? from an okay. expert, uh, but maybe a little bit of insight. Yeah. Um, you know, when it comes to um, parents and and, and teenagers, um, at some level, their faith has to go beyond what you say. Yeah. Um, it's almost just like everything else in a teenager's life. Like you right. have to learn how to be responsible for everything. Right. And your faith is is one of those things. It's, right. And so, yeah. So what, what do you notice about those teenagers that may be helpful to, to yeah, um, parents? At some point, again, they're gonna have, their, their faith is going to have to go beyond what you say, and they're going to have to have a real experience um, with Jesus. And that experience... Um, lasts a lot longer um, and, and goes a lot farther uh, than really any piece of wisdom. Um, and so uh, I agree with everything Pastor Greg just said when it comes to raising kids. Um, but when it comes to teenagers, one day they will move out of the house. One day they will make decisions for their own. Um, and have you equipped them to make the right decisions? Um, but also, have you guided them to where they have a real and true experience with the one true king of the world, Jesus Christ. And the teenagers that have that true experience in middle school or high school typically are the ones who don't abandon um, their faith. Because if they all they do is just regurgitate your words, then I would make the case they haven't really experienced Jesus. But if they're starting to articulate in real time their faith and their experience, um, then odds are, just what I've seen, um, they, will, they, they have a faith that lasts. How how do you help a teenager 
have that experience because you can't give it to them. It's sort of like the oil and the lamps, you know, the parable. Right. Um, that we can't, I can't give you my oil. Correct. You know, it's not really possible to do that. So, so how do you help a, a teenager have that experience? I mean, as much as you as a parent might have all this anxiety that you mm-hmm. want it to happen, yeah. you can't really make it happen. I think two things. I think one, um, make sure your faith is real, right? Because they see through hypocrisy in real time. Teenagers are very good at spotting hypocrisy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and so you know, if, <laughs> you, if you talk one way, like as parents, you can't divorce the two of, I'm going to act this way at church and then this way at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, if prayer is what we talk about at church and you talk about the importance of it, but we don't pray in the home, you've separated the two. Mm-hmm. So pray in the home and let them see the realness of it. Uh, and I also think, number two, put them in positions to where they can have an experience with Jesus. And so, um, like again, I'm biased, but I think Parkview has a great student ministry. Um, and uh, get them to student ministry. Get them opportunities where they can encounter God. Uh, we go to student camp. Get, like make them go to student camp over the summer. Just set them up for opportunities to experience and encounter God mm-hmm. in those moments that the church has presented of, like, here, here are some real, real-time real circumstances, opportunities to do that. Yeah. If, I mean, you, if you're, uh, sorry to interrupt, if you're just uh, tuning in or if you push play on the podcast and you forgot why, um, this is Faith and Flagler. I'm Brian McMillan with Greg Peters and Trey Warren of Parkview. Um, church in on Beltair Parkway in Palm Coast. Um, so yeah, Greg, did you have anything to add about the whole teenager uh, teenager dilemma? Well, I, our responsibility as a church is not for anybody's spiritual growth. Yeah, you're enough. not in charge of that. I'm not yeah. in charge of that. Not res- yeah. But what we are responsible to do is, as a church and as leaders, we're responsible to provide an environment in which people can grow. So our staff, and I mean, you know, we've got over 20 staff now. They're all responsible to help provide environments in which people can grow, whether that's our children's pastor, our nursery director, our student pastor, our middle school director, Trey as our young adults, you know, pastor. All those people are trying to provide environments, and we go above and beyond. And it's not just, hey, come out to, you know, Sunday night student ministry, and we're going to sit around and sing Kumbaya. And they've got their own band. They've got their own small group mentor and leader. They've got their own circle of friends. We feed them every week. You know, we're sending them to camp. We're sending them to student leadership summits. And those things were, were, I mean, a kid never, a student never gets turned away if they can't afford it. You know, we're always helping them raise money, helping them get there, helping them have those. What Trey's talking about is have those experiences. And, um, then the faith doesn't become the parents, it becomes the kids, becomes the students. Yeah, I mean, it seems like what kind of what you're saying is like, if, if, the, if the gospel is the good news, and this actually makes you happier to, you know, to deepen your faith and your conversion more, you know, more and more, um, it, it should be a joyful thing. It shouldn't be like, oh man, church is boring or church is this or that. I mean, it might be, it might be to some, sometimes, but... But I think uh, you know, showing the sort of the the rewards of yeah. living with faith is, I think, really important. Yeah, it's cool that you said that because I think that's a mental mind shift of kind of yeah. how culture views the Bible. The Bible is not a list of cruel commandments; it's actually a book of sweet solutions. Uh-huh. Of hey, listen, this is not to because this has been the battle since Genesis, right? Yeah. Of like God's plan is to prevent you. 
No, God's plan is actually to protect you. Um, and that's been the lie of the enemy of, did God really say he's trying to prevent you from being God? Well, no, God's actually trying to protect us, and the way he protects us, leads us, and guides us is through his word, which, again, is not cruel commandments. It's sweet solutions to our life. And so your teenager struggles, just like the rest of us. (laughs) And so your job as a parent, which I agree with Pastor Greg, like your job, which I think we've kind of, as parents, kind of of put all the responsibility either our educators or pastors or or your job is discipleship Mm -hmm. and you are the um on the front lines of that and so um that mind shift of or that kind of verbiage shift of like god's word god is for you he's not against you and what you're struggling with he has a sweet solution not a cruel commandment towards it so let's go to uh, another relationship husband and wife Hmm. there's a you, you you counsel with Sometimes a, a, a husband or a wife who's kind of struggling in their marriage, I imagine that happens to you sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, so uh, it's as real in the church and out of the church that, you know, marriage takes a lot of hard work. Yeah. So I imagine that sometimes part of the issue is like the wife comes in. We talked about this with the parent, the dad being involved. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the, the husband and wife just simply have differences of belief different faiths and so certainly there's a common problem probably of different levels of investment in in being um involved or you know having having their faith be a big part of their lives um so if you're uh the you know the the spouse that is really into it mm-hmm. and your spouse isn't it can cause some kind of um stress some friction sometimes what what, what counsel would you give to somebody who is, you know, struggling with that? That's a great question, Brian. I actually grew up in a, in a home like that for a few years, at least a couple of years. Now, fortunately, I was really young, uh, and things worked out better than anybody could have ever imagined in the, in the medium run and in the, in the long run. But initially, um, my, my dad was the one who kind of caught spiritual fire and fervor, and, um, and, he, and he was pretty transformed. Um, he, he went from, you know, gambling and, you know, hanging out, playing cards, you know, all night long and, you know, doing things with his buddies and, you know, really not any spiritual life, so to speak, to where it was like overnight, he turned on the switch and it was kind of, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. And he was, uh, a 180 and he, and he ran fast in a new direction. And I think it was a struggle for my mom to figure it out and keep up initially, but I think that's where um, God, first of all, God was just gracious. And I think that my dad got some good counsel, uh, surrounded him around, himself around good people. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that the church provides for marriages is what I will call friendship or authentic friendship in gospel community, I think is important. So, yeah, marriage is hard. Parenting is hard. This world is a mess. So how do we do this? We better do it together. And I think that if if mar- for marriages to head together in a, in a good direction, um, doing life with other people is important. So I and I would say you know if you're the one kind of who's done the 180 and you know leading uh, in a new direction or your life is heading in a new, direc- new direction and you've got more spiritual energy and and passion than your your spouse does, I, I would say you know live by example. Don't don't beat them over the head with the Bible. And, you know pray about it. Obviously, let the Lord do His work. Um, 
And we have both situations. We have what I call oftentimes in the church world spiritually single uh, Mm -hmm. women in our church. Mm -hmm. And at times we've actually had to, and I've talked openly about this, at times we've had to strategically dial back like our women's ministry because our men had not caught up. There were in the early days of our church, like our men were like lagging so far behind, like, hey, gals, you're going to just have to just dial it back just a little bit so we can catch up, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting. But it, I think that that uh, when if if and when it can happen where the two, you know, the husband and wife are united in the faith, it's a really incredible thing in that home. And it's it's an incredible thing for the marriage. Oh man, Not the you know, kids when, when, win, the marriage wins, the family yeah. wins. Um, you know, cousins win, aunts win, uncles win. And, and by the way, because that's what happened in our family. Like, hey, finally everybody got on the same page. Mom and dad were on the same page. The kids were following Jesus. And then, man, lo and behold, you know, the rest of the family is like, hey, you know, we need some help. Or, hey, could you give us some advice? Or, you know, we've just seen, you know, that just trickle down effect. Yeah. Um, that, Trey, what are your thoughts around it? Like, you know, when you're married, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, going on five years, we're experts again. Um, <laughs> you know, easy, it's, easy. Ha- it's hard to give a solution when I don't know the story because every story is so different. It's and so true. it's, it, I, I'm almost kind of reserved in giving just a broad solution that doesn't speak to everybody. Um, cause I think that's more of a personal, like, like, um, that's more of a personal conversation than it is a you know public proclamation of here's how I solve this. Mm-hmm. But I, I will say this, and I'll agree with what Pastor Greg said. Like there are stories that I've seen um, where somebody comes to faith and never underestimate the power of prayer. Mm-hmm. And I have seen families restored. I've seen marriages that felt like they were on the ropes, and they reached out with just a sliver of hope to their Lord and Savior, and God did a miraculous thing. And so if that's you and you're listening to this, I just want to let you know, don't underestimate the power of prayer and don't underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit, what he can do in the life of your spouse. In mm-hmm. fact, it's really it, the chances of you trying to do that on your own and change mm-hmm. somebody. I mean, it's all, you're always going to fall on your face yeah. on that. God's persuasion is so much better than ours. Yeah. And, and I think it takes a little bit of the edge off sometimes. If you've got a family member, you're really trying to help help out. To, to to kind of remember that, just like you said with the church, it's not really your responsibility. You're not going to save somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have the power to do that. So mm-hmm. all you can do is kind of make it a good environment right. and, and be an example of the mm-hmm. believers and, and try to uh, um, not sabotage it by, yep. by beating somebody over the head with something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to shift a little bit actually to one of the pastoral epistles. So uh, Paul's epistles to Timothy, we've been studying that as a church, you know, in my church recently. And um, so uh, just as an example of, you know, Paul's advice to Timothy, um, he says, and we use the King James Version, so I'm hoping that this will all still makes, make sense to the, re- to the <laughs> listeners. Um, but Paul says, "'From a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures.'" which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And I just wondered some of your thoughts on that. You know, what, how do the scriptures, how can they make us wise unto salvation? Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Um, well, you said it earlier, Brian, the, the gospel is the good news. And, you know, particularly when you look at like, 
the New Testament, you see just the story of the good news over and over and over again. And the good news is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the, you know, he said, John ten ten, I've come to give life and life more abundantly. And that's not just, you know, eternal life. That's, you know, that works now as well. And and clearly, you know, um, Paul says in another passage, he said, well, how can people, you know, know the scriptures? without a preacher going, without a preacher, yeah. yeah, without somebody taking the, the gospel to him. And by the way, a preacher can be a mom or a dad, right? Yeah. Not, not just the, the so, paid guy. Sometimes those are the best preachers and yeah. we got to be that in our own home. Right. Well, um, I'd love to keep going, but we're out of time. So thank you everyone for listening to faith and flagler because building faith strengthens our community. Thanks again to Douglas property and development, big John's appliances and Stevenson Wilcox and associates. We'll see you next week. Oh,